0: All right. Hi guys. Welcome to our first episode.
1: This is our like official pilot episode. I
0: know it's pretty exciting. It's a real thing now. I'm really excited. Go us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Living real life. Look at us.
0: In this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about what we're drinking, uh, our highs and lows from the week, and we are going to be getting into my labor story because we have a three week old baby.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) start. What are you drinking?
0: Um, I am drinking Kona Spiked Island Seltzer. 5% alcohol because I have to feed my baby in like an hour and a half.
1: Yeah, which is good. You can do that with an hour in between. They're pretty eat.
0: good. It's the Tropical Punch flavor. I don't like it as much as I like the Truly Hard Lemonade. Those are amazing. Um, but Tropical Punch Seltzer, not bad. I would give it a 6 out of 10. Maybe 6 and a half.
1: All right cool what are you drinking big things well since this is like a real live podcast we just recorded our pilot or our intro and it took a little bit of time so i'm triple fisting at the moment (laughs) um i have a little sipper of sonoma bourbon whiskey which is pretty darn good you
0: have the entire bottle
1: Um, that's
0: not a sipper you're
1: using my sipper as a (laughs) you have a bottle sitting here Um and then I'm also drinking a no butts, no oh wow what wow, wow. we've been saying that totally different. <laughs> what
0: is it called?
1: <laughs> it's called No Cuts, No Butts, No Coconuts.
0: Oh, we've been saying butts for sure. We've
1: been saying no butts, no nuts, no coconuts.
0: For that would be about a sad three world. Since no butts and no drinking. nuts
1: And yeah, so Urban Roots, it's pretty good. Um I think they should take my name a little bit better than theirs. No butts, no nuts, no coconuts is a lot better than no cuts, no butts, no coconuts. That's pretty good. Try saying that ten times.
0: So is it craft beer?
1: Yeah. It's a, a hazy tropical IPA, and it is darn good. Very coconutty. And take a little sip. Right so now.
0: the story of this, why we have six drinks sitting in front of us right now, is because in our pilot episode we wanted to start with. Like, this like, is
1: the pilot episode. You mean the intro? Well,
0: the, the yeah, the trailer thing. We wanted to start with like cracking open a can, but we had to do three takes, so <laughs> we just kept cracking.
1: Yeah, that's what we got. A <laughs> couple beers, six waters, and some bourbon. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we make it through this episode. I
0: know. Oh, God. And our baby is happily sleeping next to us. Oh,
1: you'll make it through the episode. We'll see if that Oh, I make and it Eric's taking his
0: shirt off already. We got the alcohol it's sweats over here. It's warm in here. I'm nervous. It's warm in here. I think <laughs> it's you. Or maybe it's the six drinks we just opened. All right, let's talk about a high and a low that we had from this week you can start
1: we'll start with the lows and then we'll get to the highs
0: all right so my low
1: of the week was about two nights ago our baby's three weeks old now and i got my first throw-up shower (laughs) <laughs> and it happened at two in the morning, so I'm half asleep. She just kept eating and eating and eating. She was about four ounces deep. I think. Not
0: on his boob. I feel like that needs to be said. Uh, yeah,
1: just all over my chest and my all of my clothes. I had to take Not everything you off were and wash.
0: Eating her.
1: Oh yeah. And what's it gonna feed her with a boob? I don't have a boob.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good
1: um so yeah she had about four ounces which is pretty good for a three week old and she just kept going and she gave me this little look like i'm gonna poop (laughs) and then she threw up all over me had to take off my shirt underwear my sweatpants had to strip the sheet off the bed at two in the morning um both of my pillows went in the wash so it it was quite a doozy for not being awake
0: And I was going to the bathroom to pee, and I just heard him say, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God.
1: And then you walked right past me and went back to sleep.
0: (laughs) No, I didn't. That is a bold-faced lie. I brought you a towel.
1: After I told you, hey, can you get up and get me a towel?
0: (laughs) I didn't know what was happening. You just said, oh, God. Hmm. I thought maybe you were excited about something. How am I supposed to know you need help?
1: I got thrown up on.
0: You have to call out SOS. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, that's my
1: low. What's your low?
0: My low, oh yeah, my low is that Monday night, Bachelorette premiered, super exciting, my favorite show, is back. Um, Even with COVID, they made it happen. So I was going to have a friend who I haven't seen in so long from work come over and watch it with me. We were going to drink some wine, hang out with the baby and Eric, and she had to cancel because she wasn't feeling well that day. And because of COVID, we had to keep ourselves safe so instead of watching the premiere in some like awesome wine drenched style i was in my pajamas with a baby on my boob sober and doing laundry and it was a real bummer i was here <laughs> well you're here every day
1: <laughs> i mean yeah that kind of sucked and everything it's hard not having a social life right now but uh the same time the bachelor was just kind of lame
0: i know it was really boring
1: it wasn't good and it was just yeah there wasn't anything exciting she already picked her person in episode she one. she already
0: picked her person and like i already told eric i really love that bachelor mansion like it's been there through every season through all the crazy drunk chicks and all the douchey guys the bachelor mansion stays the same so the fact that they're at like la quinta in what the hell La Quinta. i'm a white girl babe la quinta la quinta (laughs) (laughs) whatever i just really miss the mansion yeah didn't feel the same we'll talk about bachelorette later i'm sure we'll have a whole episode talking about just that
1: yeah you might have to bring a little girlfriend on or something to have that episode
0: a little girlfriend (laughs) wow
1: you know what no you're my
0: little girlfriend you (laughs) act like you don't like it but you love it you love bachelor you love bachelorette and you are in it you played bachelorette fantasy league with me
1: and i won just saying it's the competitive yeah. spirit in me.
0: You love it. <laughs> you are my bachelor at watching partner.
1: All right. You're yeah, sweating.
0: Sure. You have the whiskey sweat. It's, <laughs>
1: it's hot in here. The AC's not It's <laughs> not odd.
0: that hot. All right. Let's talk about a high from the week. What's your high?
1: Uh, I got to go on a run yesterday.
0: Yeah? yeah
1: yesterday was a good day. Yeah. Um, I got to go on a run. I got to go out and hang out with a friend and have a beer and have a little bit of me time. And that hasn't really happened in the first three weeks since having a baby. So that was just a nice full day I remember you were sitting there breastfeeding you're like you're having a great day huh yeah I was
0: yeah that was a really good uh good day for both of us I would say my high from the week was that our little babe was graduated from um her lactation consultant we had to have We had to have someone help us with breastfeeding for the last couple of weeks because she was not doing very well. And we had a lactation consultant through my medical provider who was terrible and told us
1: that
0: that she might just not ever breastfeed. So we went out and found someone amazing and she was amazing. And we surprisingly, after only three sessions with her, graduated, our baby is doing so well, like night and day difference. She is killing it. And I just felt so proud as a mom.
1: Yeah. That was, that was a big story.
0: She finally loves my boobs.
1: And she's gulping. She's getting plenty of milk. She's satisfied. She's getting, <coughs> excuse me, she's getting milk drunk when she's eating.
0: Yeah. It's going good. Well, that brings us to uh, the labor story our uh, labor and delivery.
1: Where should we start?
0: It was a whirlwind.
1: I think we should start with the fact that you worked a full shift. Yeah. Heading into delivery. Yeah.
0: I thought that I would have about a week more than what I had. So I uh, was at work and um, I ended up having to... Eric has to move the dog. He's being very loud right now. Um, I worked a whole day and uh, then got a phone call from my medical provider, from one of the doctors in labor and delivery who said... We have been... Because I'd been monitored for about a week prior. I was having high blood pressure and some other symptoms. And they were a little worried that I might have preeclampsia. And um, so I was trying to have a natural labor. I didn't want to be induced. They were wanting to do an induction. And um, so we... Got a call after my shift on, it was a Monday night, the 21st, and um, got a call saying, we've been looking at your stats and your blood work, and you actually need to come in to be induced, like right now. So that was a little unexpected and stressful.
1: What time was that?
0: <laughs> that was at approximately 5.15 p.m., babe. Which was what? Uh, exactly the kickoff of the first Raiders game.
1: Uh, not the first game, but the first game in Las Vegas. Yep. It was a pretty yep. big
0: deal. It was a big deal. Eric had been talking about it all week. We bought pizza for the occasion. It was a big thing in the Griffin household. And uh, so I was like, I'll just work my shift and leave him alone downstairs to watch football. It's going to be so awesome, so great, so perfect. And I get the call at about 5.10, and I walk downstairs to the opening sounds of uh, football. <laughs> Monday Night Football. And Eric's kind of sitting there, like, drawn into the TV. And I'm like, hey, babe.
1: With my jersey on. I had a jersey uh, hanging in the hallway waiting for Julia. Hey, babe.
0: And he's like, yeah, what's <laughs> going on? I'm like, we have to go to the hospital, like, now. And I felt really bad. I knew that, you know, I mean, birthing a child, that's a big deal. But the Raiders are also a big deal here. So that was unfortunate. But I did let him watch, like, a half an hour of it while I, like, finished packing for the hospital.
1: I was going to say, you tried to play it off a little bit. and we'll, I'll, I'll go upstairs and I'll pack and maybe we can go at halftime or... Why do you keep yeah. looking at me like I'm so sweaty? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you are, but I'm just looking at you like you're cute. <laughs> um, I think I was in denial that we were going to the hospital, so I was really trying to push it off. And that we
1: like, weren't going to be coming home.
0: That maybe, like... If I took a while and you watched football.
1: I'm just going to take my time and (laughs) postpone
0: this as long as possible. (laughs) It wouldn't happen, I guess. I was actually so bummed that we had to go in at night because I really wanted to have a full night's sleep and go in in the morning. If I did have to be induced, I knew that going in at night would mean an all-night induction. And that's just going to make such a longer process. So that was kind of a bummer. So we got there. And I was still hoping that they would say, actually, you're fine. Go back home. We'll see you again tomorrow and check on you. I I really did kind of think that we were gonna come home, um, and the the nurse doctor lady on staff took my blood pressure. It was high. It was high because I was stressed. It was though. only a little
1: high though. Yeah, it was like it was like borderline. It wasn't crazy.
0: And I mean, I was so stressed. Yeah. And she said, um, "I'm gonna keep you. You gotta stay, and we're gonna have a baby." So then I started crying.
1: Yeah that's pretty much... Yep, that's how it started.
0: It was really stressful.
1: So after we went to through the first room where they told us that, they took us to our delivery room.
0: Mm-hmm. Which was, like, so surreal walking in there. I felt like I was... This is really morbid, but I kind of feel like I was walking to my death. Not, like... I actually thought I was going to die, but it was very, like, somber and serious, and I was so sad that I couldn't, like, go into labor naturally and that I was going to be in this room medically induced for God knows how long. I just felt so – and I was just stressed. I mean, this is my first baby. I didn't know what was going to happen, and labor and delivery is scary. So I just felt very – nervous not a lot of people have that clarification of you're going to go into labor right now it just happens randomly so it was a little bit weird to know that we were walking into that
1: and walking out with a baby
0: yeah so we got into our room and um they had to give me that iv that goes into your arm and they had to do it like five different times they could not find a vein
1: yeah i don't know if she was a new nurse or what but she started on she said oh which arm do you want it on probably your left since you're right-handed so they started on the left they missed yeah and they said oh this your this vein's just not cooperating then they went to the right apparently that vein wasn't cooperating either and then they moved back to the left and went to the left wrist which is a terrible spot because your wrist is one of the most bendy spots of your body
0: they ended up putting it in my wrist bone and it was super painful like i could i couldn't move my arm really at all yeah, the next day it ended rough. up, that spot ended up blowing out and my hand got really swollen because the vein couldn't handle it anymore. So they had to poke me again and find a new spot. It was crazy.
1: At least that nurse got it on the first try though.
0: I feel like when I was sitting there in that bed and they were poking me all those times, I was like, oh my God, this is just the beginning. Yeah. This is so painful and annoying. And I have like hours left of painful and annoying.
1: 32 actually.
0: 32 hours left. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't know that. And I didn't know that. Um... Let's see, what happened after the IV? They said that I cussed a lot, that I was a, a dirty mouth. mama. She said, like, mama. two
1: words, and they were like, you, you have the worst mouth out of anybody in the last three <laughs> weeks. And I was like, what? That's, she barely said anything.
0: I actually felt like that was, like, an award. I, I don't know if she meant it like that, but I was really proud. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next they had to put a... Ugh, I don't even like talking about this part. It was traumatic. That stupid word, fully bulb. The worst two words you can ever hear. How long
1: was that, though? They waited probably eight hours or so before they even jumped into that, right?
0: No, we got there at, like, 9 p.m., and they put it in at 10.
1: Okay, there you go. That was my memory of the night.
0: So they put in this thing. It's basically like a water balloon, and they shove it up into your cervix, and then they blow it up. And it ends up being like the circum it's like two or three inches in four centimeters. It's it's big. Um so because I wasn't dilated at all and I wasn't having contractions, my body wasn't ready to naturally go into labor, they had to start it on its own. So they put up this fully bulb and they don't give you any pain meds, which is so crazy. They just shove this water balloon inside you and they're like good luck. So they put it in, and I'm having... And by this time, I mean, it's probably like 10.30, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, we're just getting this process started, and it's so late already. Um, I don't think I'm going to be sleeping at all, was my thought, and I love sleep, so that was, that was sad. Um, they put the Foley bulb in. It didn't hurt a ton. I was having some contractions, and I was like, oh, this, this really isn't that bad. You know, I've heard some, hor- some horror stories about these little devices, but I can totally handle this.
1: You were also on Pitocin, so you were on... You had contractions, I think, every two minutes pretty consistently.
0: Pitocin was the next morning. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> You'll remember eventually. Um, I think I just remember because it happened to my body and there was so much pain involved. Um, for him, it just the, the details get so blurry because of the lack of sleep. We ended up being there for f- three nights, I think in four days so and I only slept about an hour and a half to two hours a night so it was it was rough but they put the Foley bulb in to try to dilate my cervix from a zero to a four and they said this might take um like four to eight hours or so for it to work um so basically they put it in I'm like this isn't terrible we walked around the floor a little bit um
1: dripping blood
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, at one point I like looked down and I was like, there's blood on the floor. And he was like, that's yours. So I felt really bad. I had to call a nurse over as we were like walking around the nurse's station to come clean up after me.
1: They forgot to put the cap on the,
0: they forgot to put the cap on the little catheter thing. Yeah. Um, so I was like, wow, this, this really isn't that bad. Like I can, I can totally handle this. Then we get that nurse in that nurse
1: yeah, clearly they were in like a, a shift change or something because they put that in and then we didn't see anybody for a little
0: bit. And then they just kind of left. They're like, good luck. Peace out. So we get this new nurse. She it, she means business. She's blonde, short hair, just... Something super aggressive. Really aggressive. She said, you're going to have this baby by the time I'm off. I don't want you to just hang out at this hospital. We are getting you in and out. And I was like, oh, God. So she asked me if they had pulled on the Foley bulb yet because there's like a... Um, like a handle kind of like a
1: balloon basically like a a rubber tube that comes out
0: like a what's the thing that they blow up and make into dogs you know like a
1: a, a clown like a balloon animal yeah Yeah.
0: it's like a long balloon like that Mm -hmm. so she asked if someone had pulled on the balloon and i was like no i didn't know that they were supposed to and she was like oh gosh ugh, let's get this process started so i'm like oh my god she's like hold on because you're gonna hate me and I was like oh oh gosh so I lay back in bed Eric holds my hand and she pulls this balloon like a couple inches down my cervix Uh, she
1: pulls it probably like to your foot like (laughs) it it was at your knee and she pulled it probably about 10 inches down to your foot or so and you about hit the roof
0: oh my god I can like still just I can't oh I can still feel the pain Oh my God. So she pulls this thing and it activates, which basically she said that it was kind of sitting at the top of my cervix. It wasn't really doing anything. So I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. It's because it wasn't, it wasn't activated. It wasn't working. So once she pulled it in, it was activated. It was in the middle of my cervix starting to dilate me doing its job. And they told me it'll take like four to eight hours. It'll fall out when you're four centimeters dilated. You'll know that you're, you know, dilated enough because it'll just come out. So I immediately start feeling terrible cramping, like awful, the worst pain ever. And it doesn't go away. There was no like relief, whereas contractions are they peak and then you have relief. It was just like this constant pain. So I didn't have a catheter or any way to go to the bathroom. And I told Eric, like, I really need a pee. Um, And so we had to walk from my hospital bed to our little bathroom in our room, which was the longest 20 foot journey of my life.
1: And we never made it. (laughs) And we didn't even make it to the toilet.
0: After about 10 minutes, I ended up in the sink of the bathroom. It was the
1: slowest walk ever to get to the bathroom.
0: Hey, you didn't have a balloon in your cervix. Oh, no. I
1: I am not saying it was easy (laughs) by any means.
0: (laughs) So I ended up in the sink holding on to the little handles. Basically because that's... I just...
1: Completely bent over
0: yeah that was really rough I couldn't get to the toilet I couldn't walk I couldn't because he was like do you want to go back to the bed and I was like I I can't can't move I literally can't move my body I'm just gonna stay right here till I die
1: (laughs) we're there maybe 15 minutes and then you started screaming for some meds
0: so I was in this mindset that I didn't really want to have to get meds if I didn't need them and that I would wait until I absolutely couldn't stand it anymore to get any help I couldn't stand it anymore I needed some help, so I told Eric to call the nurse, and he said, "What do you, What do you want me to tell them?" And I was like, "Just get the nurse." So the nurse came in, and I asked for some pain meds. They shot me up no. with some.
1: The nurse comes in and says, "Oh, it's working." <laughs>
0: she said, "Oh God, oh God." <laughs> Uh, yeah, we didn't have to say anything. She just saw me moaning and crying in the bathroom. She's like, "So,
1: do you want some pain meds, or because your doctor says no?" In our
0: birth plan, it said, "I it said don't um what was it don't offer pain meds mm-hmm. that wait till I ask for it." Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I was like, offer me all the pain meds you got. So I still only asked for a half dose because I didn't want to feel crazy or loopy or dizzy. Medicine tends to like really affect me pretty pretty intensely and pretty sensitive. So I just wanted to start with a half dose. And they were using fentanyl, you guys. This isn't like, let's give you some ibuprofen. This is like street, like hardcore street drug.
1: You actually asked for like a tenth of a dose you're like can you just put like a little bit in and like let's I was see like, what can it we does just like see
0: where this goes i was nervous that i was gonna like pass out
1: yeah she was like you are not gonna feel a darn thing until yeah. you get at least half
0: yeah so she gave me a half a vial i was grateful that she didn't just push the whole thing um she gave it to me over the sink in the bathroom through my av thank god for that arm iv that they like yeah. killed me that they put you in four times yeah so that actually did start to help. I definitely still felt the pain. It was super intense, but it was actually like bearable. I could sit on the toilet and go pee because I was like crying, telling Eric like I just have a full bladder. Like I just need to pee.
1: And I felt completely helpless because there's nothing I can do.
0: You were a really great support though the whole time. All right, babe. What what happened next?
1: You peed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah so you peed and then we got you back up and it took about i don't know 10 minutes or so for the fentanyl to kick in yeah Pen- fentanyl fentil.
0: fentanyl yeah
1: and then we got you back over to the bed and, and then I, we
0: we both rested actually. yeah
1: we napped for about an hour and a half i uh-huh,
0: think we did so we slept for about an hour and a half and um that was really nice um what is that
1: noise um
0: yeah so that was great and then what happened um we slept for a little bit they came in the next oh oh she came in to pull the bulb again like an hour Mm -hmm. later and Mm -hmm. I was like oh god not this again
1: yeah we're gearing up for another I was like just ready
0: for the worst pain of my life so she goes in and she goes to pull it and it came out it fully fully get it 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 fully came out
1: and probably a total time about two hours
0: It was like an hour and a half, which is so crazy because they said it could take four to eight. And I literally dilated from a zero to a four in over a little over an hour, which is why I was in so much pain looking back. Because your body should not dilate to a zero to a four in an hour. So they
1: forced you to a four.
0: Mm -hmm. So they took it out. We rested a little bit. The next morning, they got me started on Cytotec, which was um, or the middle of the night. They got me started on Cytotec, which softens your cervix. Um, They had to do that before they could start Pitocin. It's like there were so many steps every step that they were like this is the next step it was encouraging because i knew we were one step closer to meeting our baby but it was also like so exhausting
1: yeah
0: yeah so by the morning we were ready probably about 8 a.m to start the pitocin which is um, basically an artificial hormone that starts you um, having contractions they start at um at a small dose and then about every hour they raise it until you can't stand it anymore and you're having contractions every minute and a half that's when they know that they've given you the right dose and that's the dose that they keep you at which was really rough
1: so at that time you said 8 a.m so we'd been there for 10 11 hours Mm -hmm. so far at that point
0: yeah yeah so they started the pitocin at first i was like oh this is a breeze i'd heard pitocin can give you crazy contractions I was like, this isn't bad at all. So from about 8 to 1 p.m., I was managing them well, and it just felt like period cramps.
1: And they doubled the levels, right? So they started year one, then they went to two, then they went to four. Mm-hmm. So all of that. You made it seem relatively easy.
0: Sick. They go up by two, six, eight. Eights were started to get really painful. So then we had this amazing nurse come in. The crazy nurse left. We got this sweet, amazing Christian nurse who was just like seriously such a gift from God. She was like. Jen
1: M. Shout out Jen. Jen M.
0: M. Yeah, girl. She was like a doula and a nurse and had all these amazing breathing exercises for me breathing techniques prayer affirmations like oh gen m girlfriend the fact that she was there when i was at the worst of my labor was like such a gift so from about 1 p.m till about 6 p.m i was hurting i was hurting so bad but i didn't want to get an epidural yet because it can slow down your labor and so i just kind of kept keeping on the one thing every that, two minutes every freaking two minutes dude 30 an hour those contractions are Dang, so painful too, man. One an hour would be rough. So the one thing that, for whatever reason, I brought different tools with me to help with labor, and the one thing that worked was this cotton ball. With why are you laughing?
1: You were just like snorting lavender <laughs> for like three hours. Give me the lavender. <laughs>
0: relief was a cotton ball that we put lavender essential oil on and i would sniff that shit like there was no tomorrow
1: and i don't know why but i held it Like, you'd be in labor (laughs) pains, and you'd be like, give me the lavender, so I'd hold it up. It was in my hand the whole time. Uh, Every two minutes, I'd hold it up to your nose. It
0: reminds me of one of those mice where you give them crack in their water, and they just keep going back and tapping it more and more times Mm, because they want more crack. (laughs) I just kept sniffing it like there was no tomorrow. So um, the lavender oil was life-changing. I don't know why. I don't know how, but it was the one thing. It didn't really get rid of the pain, but it brought some kind of like peace and something to focus on and got me through those contractions because, dude, those were rough. And I would have Jen M or Eric tell me when I was at the peak of the contraction because it hurts when you're going up to the peak and when you're coming down off the peak and then you get like a little bit of a valley for about a minute between. Mm -hmm. So I would just be like, tell me when I'm at the peak because I need to know that it's almost over. It was so rough. And she started being like, because I, you know what? I honestly should have gotten the epidural sooner and I forgot that in the birth chart, we said don't offer pain meds. So they're waiting for me to ask for it. And I was waiting for them to offer it. I thought at some point they'd be like, girlfriend, this is yeah, bad. Baby
1: number two will have to change that a little
0: bit. Yeah. Give me all the meds. So, um, <laughs> so this is funny. They tell you that you can't have food um, if you are uh, getting an epidural. You can't eat after you get it. From that point forward, you can only have liquids and jello. So Eric told me in the height of these contractions, mind you, that his mom was going to bring in an out Burger and drop it off. And I was like, mm, I am contracting about every minute and a half, but I should probably eat something before. We hadn't I...
1: eaten since 7 o'clock the night before, maybe. Well, you went now. home and brought but... us
0: breakfast.
1: Okay, yeah. So you we, went we home... ate that morning.
0: He went home that morning and made me a gluten-free breakfast. Still, though. Because I mean, we only live like two eight minutes in the morning,
1: 12 hours. We hadn't really eaten much. Yeah. A couple of little beef
0: jerky steak I, I knew that I'd need the energy and the strength, so... I was like, "Go get it!" So he ran out to the parking lot, got the In and Out burger from his mom, brought it back in, and I felt bad
1: because they couldn't come in, so they like brought us some food and like, "How's it going? How's it going?" And I was like, "She's like in intense labor." Thanks for the food. I'll see you guys later.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even want him to go out to the parking lot to leave me because I knew that that meant that he would be gone for they were every 2 minutes so i knew that would be he would be gone for like three contractions and i have to, have to do them by myself and they were just so intense that i like couldn't fathom that so he comes back as soon as he can and um he was really
1: excited cuz there's some good food
0: but he was i couldn't like you guys the the amount of pain like think of those labor movies where the ladies screaming that's basically the level that we were at so he's holding this in and out burger for me i can't even hold it cuz i'm holding my lavender <laughs> And he's holding the burger, and he's, like, giving me, like, I can take maybe two bites between contractions. So I would, like, take a bite, chew really fast, swallow, take another bite, chew really fast, swallow, then I'd get another contraction. And then between that one, I would, like, eat a fry or two. So I probably, I didn't even eat that much because I was feeling kind of nauseous, and with pain, like, you don't want food. But I knew that my body needed it, so I probably had, like, a quarter of my burger and, like, five fries.
1: And, like, five or six fries, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then I was like, bring in that epidural, I'm ready. So that was actually, I was really stressed. I didn't know how that was going to turn out, and I was nervous. About them putting a needle in my back. But at that point, it's so crazy how you can get to a point of pain where putting a needle in your spine sounds like a great way out.
1: A Great idea.
0: Yeah, do it. So um, that's what they did. They brought in the anesthesiologist. They were so sweet. I was crying and freaking out by this point because the pain was so intense and I was also really afraid of the epidural and something going wrong with it. So I'm leaning over the bed, holding on to Eric, Jen M, God bless her soul. She's rubbing my knee and whispering out affirmations in my ear and I'm just sitting there crying they tell you you can't move at all because they could like puncture the wrong thing with the needle so I'm sitting there trying to be as still as possible through like multiple contractions that was killer that was so hard
1: Yeah, it was pretty intense. And I I like how you were asking, like, so how often does this happen? How many people do this? And the lady who was doing it was like uh, like 90% of our people. Yeah. And if they don't, then they scream and cry the whole time. So 90% and the fact that they put it in was pretty good. So everything was successful. They put it in. uh, It took about, I don't know, 15 minutes or something. Um, We were continuously affirming Julia to make it as easy as possible, which, looking back on it, I kind of would have liked to have watched. It would have been cool to see them put it in.
0: Oh my gosh, I can't believe you wanted to see it. That would have been traumatizing.
1: Um, but yeah, they put it in, and it was pretty cool because they said that they nailed it in the absolute perfect spot because she was able to
0: yeah move they did. her
1: feet still she was able to move feel it was pretty her crazy half, i was like, assuming
0: that i would just be a giant blob on the bed from that point forward but i was like moving my legs and my feet around and they're like mm-hmm. what are you doing how can you how do can this you move?
1: Yeah. oh we need to help you roll over no i got this i'm good
0: yeah, so it was pretty awesome. I I couldn't feel anything in my mid range, and I could feel my legs. Um, and then I started feeling a lot a lot happier because the pain was going away, and I felt like I wasn't like gonna die every two minutes. Um, so that was probably about seven or eight p.m. at this point, and I realized. Um, I need to conserve my energy. I know I can't eat from this point forward. I'm hoping that I've made progress. That was the big thing is hoping that through that whole day of contractions and all the pain that we'd made some progress. Like that mm-hmm. there had been change and that they would come in and do my check and say, Wow, you're at, you know, eight centimeters or something. So
1: And that was when they did the transition and we got our actual doctor who was gonna deliver us.
0: Yeah. Mhm.
1: Who was the doula and she came in right after that was put in and
0: A midwife, not a midwife. Midwife, yeah.
1: Um, And she kind of talked to you and said, yeah, we're going to deliver this baby. Um, We're going to give you three or four hours and see where you progress, and we'll come back and check you at midnight.
0: So they come in at midnight, and at this point, I'm like, man, I've been having contractions with this Pitocin since about 8 a.m., so, you know, something should be happening, and I'm excited to see the progress that we've made. And um, they checked me, and unfortunately, I had only... They checked you and
1: took a deep breath
0: oh that breath you you know that breath that that breath Ugh. Oh, and they were like so you're only at it was like four and a half or a five mm-hmm. which was so discouraging because the fully bulb had gotten me to a four
1: so you hadn't progressed in, basically at all since a- like 8 that morning so well technically like
0: since the fully yeah it was so discouraging so is that when she started talking about the c-section yeah Yeah, so at that point, she started talking about failure to progress and how that can be something that women have in labor and maybe my body just won't dilate, which was so scary. Not just the thought of having a C-section.
1: Which they happen every day. We just...
0: It was just that everything up until that point had already been so out of my control and so out of, like, what I had expected that I was so bummed that it could be, like, this extreme measure was needed. And I just was so disappointed. And I felt kind of like my body was, like, failing me, honestly. So um, she said, I'm going to give you, like, an hour or so. We'll come back and check you. But she was feeling really discouraged about the lack of progress. So she came back. She was like, oh, my gosh, you're still out of four or five so nothing was changing so she was like let's break your water and see what happens because up kind until of a,
1: a last attempt we'll she, see if this changes anything
0: at this point she kind of said if breaking your water doesn't work we don't really have anything else we can try so they break my water which didn't really feel like anything It just kind of like i peed myself and um which is weird that I could feel it because I had the epidural. But you can told I could feel it. So it um, didn't hurt or anything. They basically stick a pencil up there and, you know, get it going. So I started having more intense contractions at this point, And I could actually feel the intensity increasing. Even though I had the epidural, I could feel the intensity. So I was like, oh, this is probably a good sign. And she came back around 2 a.m. to check you, me again. They broke
1: again. it at 1230 maybe.
0: Yeah. Oh, we're missing out the whole part. So we felt really discouraged. And um, I was like, I'm just gonna nap because I'm not in a ton of pain. And um, I need a break. Like it's been we've been at the hospital for over 24 hours, and I'm just so discouraged. I'm gonna sleep. So we ended up, um, I took a nap. And I just I remember as I was falling asleep, it was about 1am talking to Olivia talking to our baby girl and just telling her, please come out. We're ready for you. We love you. Like, Please just know that you can come because I didn't know what else to do. Um, I go to bed and I wake up about an hour later and Eric isn't in his little dad zone, like the little chair that they give the dads to sleep in. I was like, where did he go? So I'm looking around the room and he's sitting at the foot of my bed Um, praying over me and praying over me and Olivia and that was like one of the sweetest moments of the labor and he was crying I was crying we were both very very discouraged there's something about the middle of the night that just makes everything feel more intense too i think if it was like noon and this was happening it probably wouldn't have felt as scary but it you know 1 2 a.m and this doctor's telling you we don't know if you're going to progress after 24 hours it was just really scary so um she comes back in we're crossing our fingers we're praying we're hoping we had Caleb radio playing in the background the whole time we were in the hospital so we're worshiping and she comes in and puts her hand in there. And um, we both were kind of more scared than excited, I think, at that point.
1: Holding our breath a little bit.
0: hmm And so she's in there for a little bit. It, it not, she didn't give me an immediate answer. So we're just kind of holding our breath and waiting.
1: But she didn't take a deep breath.
0: But she didn't do that disappointed breath. And she comes out and she goes, you're at a seven. So that was super exciting. I had progressed. Breaking my water had worked. The stronger contractions were doing something. My body was starting to uh, to to do things on its own. This and was maybe
1: th- uh, probably was two, th- 2 a.m.
0: Two thirty or three. Yeah. So then things got crazy. They the t-
1: ring of fire
0: transition. They tell you that transition is the last couple centimeters when you go from seven to ten, and that it can happen really quick, and that it can get really intense. So all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know if my epidural is working and I needed like more meds. So they give you a little button. You can tell this. You were
1: pushing that button like crazy. I (laughs) was pushing that button.
0: They give you a button that you can push to get like an extra dose through your epidural. And I kept pushing that thing. Like a mouse. You could
1: push it every maybe five minutes or so. Like a mouse
0: needing crack. Once again, I was like, the light would turn green. Give it to me. (laughs) You can only push it a certain amount. They won't let you go over. But every time that light turned green and I got another dose, I pushed it. So I I figured that that was transition because it was so painful. Even with the epidural, um, I needed those extra doses. And all of a sudden, I just started shaking, like uncontrollably shaking, like my whole body. I remember the next day, my thighs were sore. It felt like I had like gone on a run because of the amount of contracting and shaking my muscles were doing so then I look at Eric and I say I think I'm gonna throw up and um he grabs the barf bag for me and I just start barfing everywhere About which
1: four or five consecutive just
0: <laughs> over and over all that jello and apple juice came up and um so I'm sitting there I'm throwing up but I've heard that that can be a really good thing because it actually helps your body to um it helps your body to what's it called um dilate from throwing up so the nurse comes in and she sees that I'm throwing up and shaking and she goes oh <laughs> this is about a half an hour after being told I was a seven she goes oh I'm gonna go grab the labor cart so I was like yes we are making progress they are bringing in the labor cart with like the tools and the towels and I'm still throwing up at this point but just so excited that we're almost there
1: they don't really tell you this when you're going through it, but throwing up's a good thing.
0: Yeah. So she says, hey, I'm just going to check you really quick. It had only been about an hour, but she said, I'm just going to check you and see where you're at because this, you know, you're obviously having a lot of symptoms. So I'm laying down. Um, she checks me and she was like, she, this, one, this one took a while too. She was probably in there for like 30 seconds and, you know, comes out and says, you're at a 10. And not only are you at a 10, but the, I can feel the baby's head and she's like almost poking out at this point. Yeah, she's maybe an inch in there. She's yeah. coming. I was so excited. Oh my gosh. So I cussed at her. I said, are you effing kidding me? This is amazing. <laughs> um, so she was like, let's practice pushing. So that was super exciting. We start doing some practice pushes. I was super efficient, um, and pushed really, really well. Her... Yeah, after
1: one practice push, she's like, Oh God, we got to get the baby <laughs> in here. Okay. She's coming. <laughs>
0: Her you can start to see her head after maybe
1: like Two pushes, three pushes.
0: Maybe like three or four pushes, yeah. Um so we call my mom she wanted to be there on FaceTime for the labor, and so we call her and set her up so she can watch. And um Eric puts on my birth playlist and we start pushing. It was so exciting. I was so excited to be at that point. I think I was a little delirious from sleep deprivation. So I was like laughing through the entire thing. It was nice because I couldn't feel any pain. I just felt pressure. Um, I asked them to bring in a mirror so I could see what I was doing and see what was happening. Did not think that I would be a person who would want a mirror during labor. but.
1: I think we did our practice push at about 350. And then you really started pushing at about four o five, maybe mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're pushing, we're pushing, and then we get to a point where her head is out, um, like coming out and not going back in. So they know she's about to come. So they call in the the midwife to catch and. Um, I push, and I'm laughing and just so excited, and I laughed her out. She came out,
1: I... Well, hold on a second. You're going a little quick. You were pushing. Yeah, I think it took you about maybe eight pushes. hmm And the head started to come out. You reached down once so it was a kind of... There.
0: Yeah, I wanted to feel it because I could see her furry little head. She had hair, which was so surprising.
1: Yep, we weren't expecting that.
0: No, she was a hairy baby.
1: We did our 3D ultrasound at 36 weeks, and they told us that she was going to come hairless.
0: Yeah, they said that they thought she was bald um, from the 3D ultrasound, so I was expecting a little bald baby, but she has a head full of hair.
1: So her head was about halfway out, and they told you to stop.
0: To slow down because they didn't want me to tear because if I pushed her out really quick... Um, you have a higher chance of tearing. So they mm-hmm. wanted her to just kind of sit there for a second, stretch things out, and go slow. So I was trying to stop. It's kind of hard when your body takes over the pushing process, but I just started laughing, and um, she came out on a laugh and a contraction. and
1: Yeah, and her head came out, and she was just a head hanging out of your vagina, <laughs> and then the <laughs> midwife kind of... Hold on the arm a little bit, arm popped out, and then the rest of her just kinda of slide right out. Yeah. Slid right out.
0: Yeah. So crazy. They handed me this sweet bluish gray little baby. She had her arms wide open, like she was hugging, like ready to hug me. And um yeah, Olivia was born at five oh one PM.
1: I'm the sweetest little picture of her just looking into your eyes right when she was born.
0: Yeah, newborns keep their eyes closed. And so she basically had her eyes closed the whole time. But right right when they put her on my chest, like right when they handed her to me. And the umbilical cord is still attached. She's barely breathing yet. She opened her eyes and just kind of stared at me. And she, it was like she recognized my voice, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. You and know? probably your heartbeat and your feel, too. From just she was skin. like,
0: hey, I know you. You're my mom. It was really sweet um so yeah that was awesome I didn't end up tearing which was I was so grateful for it made my recovery so much easier um I didn't bleed a lot which was also amazing um and it was
1: like a tablespoon like there was it, barely any blood. it
0: really was like an ideal um the labor was hard but it was an ideal delivery yep so it.
1: after they handed her to you it was a little trippy for me because i think she was on you for about five minutes or so and then they kind of grabbed her and wanted to do her footprints and all that stuff and oh we cut the cord yeah so that was right before um but they picked her up and checked her breathing and everything and then they shoved a tube down her throat
0: yeah she was having a hard time breathing because she had inhaled some liquid so they had to get that out but it was a and you know it's nick it's nicu nurses they know what they're doing but it's a little traumatic when you see your little baby newborn um getting a tube down their throat getting their liquid suctioned out but
1: minutes old
0: but uh they needed her to breathe better and it worked so that was that that's how olivia was born yeah yeah
1: and that was 5 a.m we hung out and just kind of had some time together until about 7 Mm a.m they did another change and
0: moved us upstairs yep i was so excited i knew that day and a half when we got upstairs (laughs) to the recovery center that i was done and i just couldn't wait for that moment so yeah that's that and uh pretty exciting now we have a three-week-old baby
1: doing great she's
0: doing great Well, stay tuned. Um, We have more podcast episodes to come. I'm so excited to share even more with you guys from our life, from everything that's been going on recently. And we hope that you enjoyed our labor story.
1: Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the pilot episode. Stay tuned for more. Yeah. Uh, It's just going to be about our lives and how we do things.
0: Yeah. Make sure that you um, subscribe and leave a review. We would love that. And we'll talk to you next week.
1: Cool. See you guys.
0: Bye.